0: All right, praise the Lord. Well, good to have all of you here. Do you want to hear some some words from the Lord, Amen, Amen to encourage you? And we're going to talk uh, this month about seeking peace and pursuing it. How many of you need some peace in your life? Amen. Amen. The Bible says that we have peace with God because of Jesus. What Jesus has done, paid the price. We're okay with God, but we need the peace of God to deal with His children come on talk to me. Don't you have that question sometimes? Are you you really a Christian? (laughs) Why do you do those things that you do if you're a Christian? But how many of you know that when we became a Christian we didn't come all the way perfect and we didn't when he saved us all of a sudden instantly become perfect. We have situations, we have habits, we have things that we do that are are uh, reminiscent of the way we were when we were in the world and so God has to clean us up and sanctify us. So we have to be patient as children of God. We have to seek peace and pursue it. Now let's see what it looks like to, to seek peace. Okay, is that how you, you, you have to go and seek peace, right? The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. You have to go actively go out and seek peace. You know, I have a neighbor I had told this story before, but some of you are are new. Uh, It was my, uh, it's our neighbor with the barking dog. How many of you have a neighbor with a barking dog? Amen. And and dogs, I don't know, they they just don't understand. I mean, it's three o'clock in the morning. They're barking. And you go out there and you go, could you be quiet? And you would think the dog would go, oh, my bad. I'm so sorry. Didn't know I was bothering you. Oh, it's three o'clock. So sorry. No, they don't. They keep woof, 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 and then they wake up their dog friends, and they're woof, and I don't know what's going on. So my neighbor at 3 o'clock, and this dog would bark from 3 to 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to do my thing, and and I, I can't concentrate. I go to the other side of the house, still I can hear the dog. So... One day at 4 o'clock in the morning, I go and ring their doorbell. And I said, you know what? I don't know if you know it or not, but your dog is singing a different tune out there. And you should probably go out there. And they did not like it, especially the wife, did not like to be woken up. Why? I'm up. Why don't you be up? But she didn't like that so much. And uh, so I don't know what what she got in her mind. But anyway, she was afraid for me because she thought I was an evil man or something. I don't know her kids wanted to say hi to me she said oh no don't say don't 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 talk to him <laughs> and then one day she drove by she pulled up by my house she rolls down her window she says you're the worst neighbor we've ever had <laughs> we go really she says yeah you are, and you say you're a christian you know you uh Uh, You think everything is all right, but you're not. You're the worst neighbor we ever had. And I didn't even get a chance to say anything. She just drove off, and I was going to say, well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, so from a series of events, I was able to seek peace. I was able to make peace with her. I tried to find a way. I pursued it. And so when her daughter got in a very bad accident, and I saw her car, I said, oh, is your daughter all right? She says, yes, yes, thank you for asking. Yeah, she's fine. And then when her house got robbed, she came over. She asked me, you know, did you see my daughter? Because she was supposed to go to school, and these guys broke in, and there's a knife out there. And, you know, I can't call in the school, and I can't get a hold of the school. And I said, well, let's calm down. Let's find out another um, uh, extension that we can call. So I was there to help her. She got encouraged. She started warming up to me. And then on Easter, you know, we had this Easter costume costume. And so on Easter, I dressed up, and Charles and I, we went over, and we gave her some, the kids some Easter candy, and I, you know, hopped over there. And <laughs> the things you do to seek peace and pursue it, right? So she, she, want, she started, you know, giving us food, her poinsettia, I think they call it, uh, you know, special dish, and I gave her my famous Italian dish. And so we, we, I went from the worst neighbor to the best neighbor she ever had. So just this week, her new boyfriend comes over and says, have you seen the dog? And I thought they were going to accuse me of letting the dog out or something, you know. I go, no, no, I haven't seen Mr. Cassius at all. And, and she said, well, he's not here. I go, well, let me check on my, my internet because we have a... a, a chat room that we talk in our neighborhood and I go and I found out that the dog was found near the park and was at the animal hospital so I went in and I told my wife first thing I said well you know what I got some bad news (laughs) the the dog is gone she said praise the lord (laughs) he ran away (laughs) but when I saw the internet I go like oh my gosh do I turn the dog in or do I not? (laughs) What do you think? I couldn't resist. I went over and I said, Here's your doggy. He's over at the animal hospital. Showed her the picture. Oh, you're such a good neighbor. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you, you can seek peace. That person that's hard to deal with, that person that is difficult, you know, you can reach them with the love of Christ. Did you know that? And I just want to tell you something. Sometimes you are the difficult person. You know, that's not always the other person. Sometimes maybe you have some bugs in you. Did you, you know, because if you're bugged by something, sometimes there's some bugs in you that people remind you of something, and so that triggers you. So uh, sometimes you have to, you have to what? Pursue peace. Let's see this next slide. You know, you've been there, married guys, you know, guys that have girlfriends, you know, sometimes you say things that's not quite right. You got to go over and say, I'm sorry. Whether you think you're wrong or not, you still have to go and make peace. Seek peace and pursue it. Is that not right? Okay. So let's look at this uh, scripture in Hebrews. It says, pursue peace with how many people? Just the nice people, you know, because the nice people are easy to work with. No, all people. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now, that's an interesting scripture, isn't it? If you're not seeking peace, if you're not being holy, which means sanctified, cleansed in your spirit, to be able to reach these people, you won't see God. It doesn't mean that you won't see him at the day of judgment. It means that you won't be able to experience him, feel him, understand him, and and work with him. So you will not be able to See the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. That means that you can have a root of bitterness that springs up and causes trouble with your neighbors, the people that you work with, yea, even your own family members. Can I get an amen? All right. So it says, springing up, causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. Now, I looked up that word defiled, very interesting word, and I think this is going to be an enlightenment to you. Let's look at the definition of defiled. It means to die with another color to stain, to pollute, to sully or contaminate. It means to defile as with sins. What does that mean? That means that what you have experienced is your hurts, your pains, your disappointments, your failures, the way people have talked to you, the way you've been treated when you were growing up. That becomes a stain in your spirit and it it, it, uh, controls how you act and the perspective that you have on life. I know people that are upset at what somebody else has done because of what their mother has done or their brother has done or their sister has done or how they were treated in school. They say, I forgave that person, but I'm not going to forgive you because this is a new day, and I'm not taking it anymore. Well, that defiles you. That, that causes you to act in a way that is not becoming and not godly. Did you know that? You can't let your past actions or your past experiences control the way you are now. Because what? We're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We're a new creature. Behold, all things are new. Old things have passed away. You don't have to live in the past. Now, here's some people that are living in the past. Check these people out right here. Now, these guys, these are the 70s. What if these guys came to your barbecue your outdoor barbecue and dressed like that. What would you say, boys? I think you're out of sync. You're in a different world here. Far out. Okay, we yeah, far out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do people dress like this anymore? It's old news, isn't it? Now look at this guy on the end on the left end. He's got a peace cross. Remember those peace crosses? Yeah. Peace, baby. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see the next slide. Peace, baby. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> these guys, uh, you know, they're living in the past. Now, there were some, some words that we used to use in the past that I grew up with in the 70s. You ready for, yeah. Groovy is one, yeah. Here, here's one I got. That's down on the list, 14, groovy. Uh, psych, you remember psych? You know, like you go to say hello to somebody, you go. How you doing? <laughs> Psych. <laughs> How about far out? Yeah. yeah, that's when a person was cool. Uh, no, they wanted to show something, that something was cool, awesome, unbelievable. So, did you see that new movie? Far out, man! Really far out. Yeah, that's 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 old news, brother. How about Dream On? You remember Dream On? Love Dream On. You love Dream On? <laughs> yes. That's a slang term used when someone uh, that uh, was trying to do something that was unrealistic. Like a girl would say, you think you can get it," or a guy would say, you think you can get a date with that girl? (laughs) Dream on. (laughs) How about catch you on the flip side? You remember that one? You're going to say goodbye and you'll see him the next time you say, I catch you on the flip side. How about boogie? We're going to go to the party. We're going to boogie all night. Okay, John Travolta. (laughs) How about, uh, how about right on, brother? Right on. Yeah. Can you dig it? Yeah, can you dig it? Did, wh- where are you coming from? How about, we talk, we talking about groovy, cool daddy. Now, here's some words that we used to use a lot. That's rad, man. That's really rad. Yeah, for radical, right? How about boss? boss? That's, that's boss, man. Boss. Uh, here's a good one. Here's, a, here's one that we like. Bodacious. Yeah, that's really bodacious. Wow. Okay, now but see those are old terms. Behold all things. Now we have new terms. And so I looked these up and I went to Andrew and said, "Andrew, are these are these current?" So some of you older folks, uh, this will be an education for you. YOLO, you know what YOLO means? No. No. YOLO the Huh? You only live once. There it is, see? That's the, the younger section right here. Okay, you only live once. It's often used like, hey, I'm going skydiving, YOLO. You only live once. How about, uh, I don't know if you still, you, swag, swag. Check out this new coat, man, swag. How about Cray? Cray, cray? Cray. Cray, cray, cray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means you're going to do Halloween, holiday shopping on Christmas Eve. That's cray, man. That's cray. Okay, here's a couple more. Ratchet. You ever have ratchet? Uh, Rebecca? <laughs> yes? What are you laughing at? That's a bad term? Oh, it's a bad term? Well, according to my research... It's when someone is rude, loud, or obnoxious, and it can be uh, described as something that's, that's just subpar. Like, I can't believe that guy wearing that thing. How ratchet is he? Okay. How about, how about, how about dip? Dip you later. I'll see you. I'll, I'm going to the party, but i got to dip out at 11 o'clock. Okay? Yeah? No? All right. Well... My point in all this is you can't have your old self coming into the new place in Christ. You have to be cleansed. You have to be sanctified. You have to have a new life. Amen? Like, if these people, what about if these people showed up at your house? No, the next site. There we go. What about these? <laughs> Okay, if these people came to your house you say are... oh now the Whoa. there's some obvious changes here, but we're more mature, we're more calm, we're more we have more wisdom now. We won't overreact. We have we have things that that we can do that you know, because that's swag. That's swag, okay. All right. Because I went to a reunion one time, a twenty year reunion. And the guys that were not saved, they acted the same way as they did when they were in high school. They, they had the same hang-ups, same speech, same, you know, dullness in their, in their way. They, they'd be like, you know, why, why are we at this place? Anyway, you know, the food's not that good, and they really overcharged us. And, you know, the band, I could have got a better band. What are you complaining about? It's a reunion. But those that are in Christ, they have a brightness to their light, their life, their eyes are lit up, they have a hope, they have a future. You know, the, the guys that were always trying to make a scheme, they would come, I, I went to this guy, Corky, I, I wanted to find out if he ever became successful, because he always had a plan, he always had something, a get-rich-quick plan, and so I go, Corky, how you doing? he goes, I got this new plan, man. <laughs> I go, and I made the face, he goes, no, 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 really, this is going to work. I go, man, I give you 20 years <laughs> to make something work. You waited to the day of the reunion. But see, you have to know that you have to um, overcome your past. I have a guy I play basketball with, and he's hot-headed. He's, he's like, you know, he's got a lot of anger on the inside of him you know, like he's a firecracker ready to go off. You ever met those people? You can't say too much against them because they'll they'll go crazy. Anyway, he got kicked out of three gyms because he would just get in fights with people. So he's been playing basketball with us, and so he got upset about something, and he leaves, and he goes home, and then he calls me. He goes, I want to talk to you about, you know, what happened. And so I was just calm and peaceful and talked to him about it, and, and I calmed him down, and I said, you don't want the past to keep you know, replaying in your life. Do you want to get kicked out of every gym in all of Southern California? Let's put a stop, overcome it. Be strong, seek peace, and pursue it. And so I calmed him down. He came back, he thanked me, and then he's doing well. Of course, we did get in a little argument just last week, but <laughs> we, we've learned to overcome it. Amen? Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So... Sometimes it looks, is this the scripture we have? Let's look at our next slide. Here's the scripture that we're going to talk about. Finally, all of you be of one mind. Now, this is Peter talking. You know Peter, right? The cursing fisherman, the hot-headed one, the one that just speaks his, his mind before he thinks. Finally, if you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrawise, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. What is he saying? We're supposed to have compassion and tenderheartedness and loving kindness to those that don't deserve it? Uh, yes, that's what he's saying. And you know what loving kindness is? It's goodness in action. It means the ability to act for the welfare of those taxing your patients. Can I get an amen? amen. Do, are you doing that? Is that person that is rubbing you the wrong way, are you acting in goodness and loving them? I, I, I know some of my biggest blessings are from people that rub me the wrong way. I had this one lady at our church. Uh, it was a church of about 500 people, and I was in charge of the special events. And coordinating things, and so I would coordinate them, and she would come up to me after, we had a great time, and she would corner me, and she'd go, P. Chuck, let me ask you, why did did you do this? Why didn't you do that? And had you considered doing this? What were you thinking? And I told her, well, what I'm thinking right now is I like to strangle you, (laughs) that's what I like to do. (laughs) But I did not because i knew she knew the pastor i knew whatever i did it was going to get back to him so i kept a cool head and i said well mama this is the way it is and i told her that this is why i did that and this is why I... oh okay she did this a few times but i held my cool held my peace little did i know because i at that time i was only doing funerals And so I did a funeral and she came, she sat on the front row and I was preaching, I was telling her about Jesus and how good he is and how you can go to heaven and she was all excited and she she went back and told the pastor, that boy can preach. He got the anointing, you know, he knows scriptures, he can really move the people. And so then I began to get access to preaching at church. But what if I had been just cold to her? She would have been on the front row going like, I don't like that guy. He talked back to me. So you never know where your blessing is coming from. We had this one guy at church. Nobody liked him. He was kind of a funny guy. He was tall and elangular, and you could never understand what he was talking about. You know, those kinds of people? And and nobody was his friend, but I was his friend. And he used to write checks to the church, and they would bounce. Bing, bing, bing. (laughs) My pastor said, you never know when one of those is going to hit. (laughs) So I said, okay. So I befriended him. You know, I was a friend to him. And sure enough, he got an inheritance of $100,000. And so what is the tithe on $100,000? Does anybody know? And this one did not bounce. Praise the Lord. It stuck. And so he went off to China on a missionary journey. He never came back. But what if I had been mean to him? What if I had just shunned him and complained about his, all of his checks bouncing? He wouldn't have written that check out. So you never know where you're blessed. Now, let's see. Let's continue on here. Oh, wait a minute. The last part says, On the contrary, don't render evil for evil, but blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit I didn't know I was called to this. Did you know? When they had the altar called, they said, okay, well, whoever wants to receive Christ, and when people revile you, you're supposed to not revile them back. You're supposed to do good for them, give them blessing. I didn't know that. I didn't know I was called for that. But the, that's what Peter said. Why? He saw it as an example when Jesus, when he was laid, uh, you know, when he was a lamb to the slaughter, he didn't open his mouth. He was calm. He was peaceful. So let's see this next uh, scripture. Oh, now this is what it looks like. You ever have people yell at you like that? Huh? No? It feels like it sometimes. I've had people yell at me like that. But what do you do? The guy's calm. Why? He has the peace that passes all understanding. you got to know that the guy on the left, he's got some problems, don't you think? Yeah. Like, but it doesn't affect the guy on the right. Why? Because he knows there's a way that I have to seek peace, calm this guy down, find out what his situation is, and bring life to the situation. And sometimes, it, let's see this next slide. Sometimes it, it, sounds, it, it feels like the guy, the lady is just so loud, don't you? And, and you know what? It's a spirit. They carry a spirit. They just say something, and it gets you, triggers you up, and you want to just fight back. Well, probably none of, none of you have ever experienced that. <laughs> I know, is Arturo, laughing. I know. He, he comes to me sometimes. We have one lady at work. She says, did you, have you ever talked to this lady <laughs> at work? <laughs> yeah, she went off on me about something. This, and I, well, do you know what she was talking about? No, I don't really know, but... She's serious about something. I don't know what it is. (laughs) But you have to be calm. You know, you have to raise your love level up. I've seen people go into the pastor's office, and they were upset. They wanted to c- complain. They had all these points that they were trying to bring up, and the pastor was just calm and listening to it very calmly. I go, "How could you do that?" He says, "I knew that if you, there's no uh, wood on the fire, the fire's going to go out. If you stay calm, that you'll bring peace to the situation." And then, when she was done, she left. She was happy. She was. They were laughing, and they, she stayed in the church. Why? Because he was calm. He listened to her. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's look at this next uh, slide. Now, the, the, the reason why we seek peace is because we want to have good days. The Bible says here, for he who will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Right? Don't, you've heard that expression, have a good day. Well, have a good day. Well, have a good day. Now, do you think just by saying that, that somehow, way, the stars are going to line up, then all of a sudden you're going to have a good day because you just said it? No, the Bible says you're going to have good days when you refrain your tongue from evil. Because you can feel that anger, you can feel that frustration getting ready to come up on the inside. You can, All you have to do, you have to stop it before it gets to your lips. <laughs> refrain your lips from speaking guile. Turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Your assignment this week, seek peace in every situation and pursue it. And you probably say, well, I don't have many situations. Oh yeah, they'll come up. You'll you'll notice them. You'll see them. All of a sudden you go, hey pastor, okay, you know what? It is so true. The last time that uh, Kathy was here, we were talking about adventures in faith, right? They had a situation where they had an adventure in faith where they had to believe God because they ransacked Andrew's apartment. (laughs) when he left to go home, came back, he had this big bill, his furniture was messed up, and so they had to do an adventure in faith, and God restored everything to them. So good is God, amen? So this message is a precursor for your week. So when somebody gives you a hard time, they're yelling at you, they're they're causing you to try to lose your cool, remember, seek peace and pursue it. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's look at this, uh, because see, what we have to be, next slide, We have to be uh, uh, not an umpire. You know, you know what an umpire does. Umpire makes rulings and judgments. I'm sorry, you're out of bounds right here. Right? You're out of here. Right? Or you may drop the ball. You're out. You know, all these. This is what an umpire does. I don't. I never did like the umpires. Like I tried to be friends with the umpire, so they gave me a good ruling. One time, they, he did give me a good ruling. I was so thankful. I knew I went on the bag, and the, the guy touched me before the bag, and he, the umpire looked at me. He was my friend. He goes, safe. I go, okay, praise the Lord. All, <laughs> all my teammates went like, safe? How could he be safe? God. <laughs> Amen. So an umpire makes rulings. Now, a lifeguard... What does a lifeguard do? He goes and saves people. So when somebody is making an error, somebody is messing up, going out of bounds, saying the wrong thing, we as umpires like to make a ruling. You're out of there. You're not my friend anymore. You know, you, What you said, I don't agree with that. You're not going to have a relationship with me anymore. But a lifeguard doesn't care. He's there to save lives. If somebody is drowning, he doesn't say, well, you know, I don't think I like that person that much. I saw him coming up, and they were making fun of me because I had that white thing on my nose to protect from the sun, my son. And they were laughing at me, and they were cussing. And I, I, didn't li- they're, they're, I just didn't like them. So when the person is drowning, they don't make a decision like that. They go and save them. When your friends are drowning or people are drowning in your life, don't just abandon them. Don't just rule them out. Go and save them. You be the difference in their life to change them to bring them to the Lord. Amen? I had this one friend at work. Well, he wasn't really a friend, but an acquaintance. And this guy was the least likely person to accept the Lord. Have you met any of those? (laughs) Like, there is no way that's ever going to happen. I mean, he used to cuss openly on the floor, uh, you know, talk about all of his sin, uh, you know, brag about it. And then he would ridicule me openly. And finally, I just stood up to him. and I said, listen, man, you know, what I'm doing is nothing compared to what you're doing. And I list- listed his sins off <laughs> right in front of everybody. Boy, he shut up. And then, you know, I didn't hold it right there. I went to seek peace and pursue it. So when he was in the, in the lunchroom, I go, well, you know, how did the Lakers do last night? (laughs) You know how guys are, they just don't want to talk about it. And we we started a conversation. And so we got back into fellowship. (laughs) And he didn't stop, he continued. And I continued to love him. And then the week before I was going to leave and retire, he comes up to me and he says, "Uh, Do you know where I can get a Bible? I went, You got to be kidding me. Am I in a dream or what? What do you mean? He says, well, my son, we used to watch basketball on Sunday nights, but for the last couple of Sundays, he has been saying he's going to a Bible study at his school because he plays basketball, and the guys, they, they go to a Bible study. He's been going, so he said, Dad, I can't watch the game. I've got to go to the Bible study. He said I, I, he said, I was convicted. I needed to read the Bible. Do you know where I can get a Bible? I said, of course. I'll bring you one tomorrow. And I gave him the Bible, and so God is working in his life. But what if I would have been antagonistic? What if I would have been just confrontational to him? I wouldn't have that open doorway to be able to minister to him. So open your hearts up, even to the heart. You say, well, I'm at a a, a business where there's nobody that's a Christian. Well, praise God. You can be the light there, even one or two. Even um, Rosie started a Bible study in a government facility, right? A state-owned, uh, state, um, what, what, what do they call it? State of California. State of California three years now. Three years you've had the Bible study. When there was no Bible study. And you have all kinds of denominations that come there, right? Non-believers, Muslims, all kinds of people. Praise God. So you are a lifeguard to them. Praise the Lord. So, let's, so how many of you know that you can't do this in your own strength? Right? You know that, right? So I, I'm bringing you some help. And we're going to do this every Sunday until you get it. So let's look at the scriptures that we use to get through this thing. Well, the reason why we do this on 1 Peter 3.12 is because the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. How many of you want the Lord to uh, look upon you, his ears to be upon you, his eyes to be upon you, and hear your prayers and answer them, amen? So here's how you do it. Let's look at the scripture. Next scripture. It says here, this is the love chapter. If you can put this in your spirit, it will do the work for you. You don't have to even do it yourself. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says that the Word of God is seed, and when it's planted in your spirit, in your soul, that it will produce the thing what you've planted in it. Isn't that amazing? We plant grass, we plant flowers out there, and guess what? That seed takes root and it grows. So when you put this in your spirit, it does the work. The seed of the Word of God will produce this. What? Love endures long and is patient and kind. Is that a good description of yourselves? Would someone say that of you? Yeah, that's a very, she, he's very patient, very kind. Would they say that of you? I got no, no response. Maybe. Maybe sometimes, right? Endures, I used to endure short, right? And not so patient and not so kind. I can endure for just a little bit, but lady, you've taken too long in that, that checkout line. What are you fumbling about? Get your change, let's move on, okay? <laughs> now I just read the, the magazines, I quote some scriptures, I talk to the Lord, praise you Jesus. You are... It's only like a couple of minutes, but it seems like forever. But you endure, how long is long? It's not a time period. It's a way, it's a, it's a character, it's a long-suffering, it's a way you are. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. I have a little problem with that at the end there rude, unmannerly, or act unbecoming. Let's look at the name. It gets harder. Let's see how it goes here. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. You ever have that? People ask you something. What are you asking me for? What are you bothering me for? Don't you get to say I'm busy? No? Anybody? Takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. What does that mean? That somebody does an evil to it, and you don't take account. What does that mean? It's an accounting term. Like, that's the third time you've done that to me, okay? I'm taking account of it. doesn't take an account. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That person wronged you. Really? I didn't notice. You, well, how did they? Well, they said this. Oh, I didn't pay attention to it, right? Can you do that? Only one way is have God's love on the inside of you. It does not rejoice that injustice and but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Next one. Next scripture says, here we go. You ready? Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. I can't bear up under this. No, love can. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Ever ready to believe the best of every person. I don't know about that person. There's not much good in there. (laughs) You'll find things. When you have this scripture, it'll work in your life. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything. Say Everything. Everything. Without weakening. I can't endure this. This is too much for me. Uh, Love can. God's love in you can endure. And you will be able to endure everything. I've had people come to me. They say, I can't stand my ex-husband. I can't stand this worker. I can't stand, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to get over it. Well, let me show you. Here's a prescription. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, the love chapter. And what happens is, first, when you keep saying it, you find out how far off you are. You know, my wife and I, we used to test each other. I go, well, how am I doing on love endures long and is patient and kind? She said, oh, about a four. I go, four? What are you talking about? And so I had to up it a little bit. I had to seek peace and pursue it, right? So you find out how off you you are. And then you you get better at it. And then you see, sometimes you do it good and sometimes you don't. But you realize that, oh, I had an opportunity to operate in love, but I didn't do it. And then the third step is you get to the point where actually it does it in you and you don't even know you're doing it. Things that make you upset before, you don't even get upset anymore. You know, it's kind of like what you put in is what comes out. If you watch wrestling, if you watch people talking bad about each other, well, you're going to just start doing that yourself. If you watch uh, drama stories, drama uh, TV, you start turning into a drama queen, right? I don't know how you could do that to me. Why did you do that to me? Please, get over it, okay? Put something else on the inside of you. So finally... uh, in the Message Bible, this is not up on the screen, but here's what, here's what the Apostle Peter said. Summing it up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you. No exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp tongue, sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Amen? Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to hear your word, to see what you require of us, to be a blessing and to make peace with those that are around us. We thank you, Lord God, that you're the God of peace and that as we seek you, we'll find peace with you and peace for all men. We thank you, Lord God, that you have commissioned us and called us to do this. So we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for all that you're doing in our life. As we see our situations this week, we will use you and use your word to overcome them. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed, said, Amen.